Welcome all of you to our today's Q&A with Pastor Bev Sessink, Pastor OJ, as you've heard, and my name is Pastor Nathan Zieber. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you're part of our online church or here in person. We've got a lot of questions to go over today, so we're just going to jump right in, if that's okay with you too. A softball for you, Pastor OJ, is oftentimes uh, us as pastors or ministers can experience a significant amount of uh, spiritual warfare as we're preparing for our messages. Was this message any different or how did that look for you? Yeah, a really good question for sure. There's always a lot of warfare. First, I want to say thank you to all those of you that are here and all those of you watching an online church for praying for us. Let me say we value that highly. We need it. We receive it. So thank you for that. And many times I sense there's people praying. Uh, Last night I was doing pretty well. I came, had a busy uh, weekend uh, having a funeral on Friday and being part of a great celebration yesterday with your sister's wedding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but last night I said to Barb, I'm starting to feel kind of weird. Then I looked at my phone, somebody had texted me, Uh, it was actually my daughter, Charlene texted me, said, hey, just praying for you, and I thought, okay, I get it. (laughs) This weirdness is this spiritual warfare again. You know, it comes in all kinds of forms, so that just encouraged me uh, going in. Um, We always, Barb and I have the habit of praying together every night, and uh, so we pray together, she prays for me, and uh, that's kind of how we work our way through, through that but God is good. We have the prayer time here at the front uh, before the service. All of that prayer is not just a ritual. Mm -hmm. That is what makes the difference. Because otherwise it's just words. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'm interested in preaching is that the word of God will be empowered by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because he's the one that does the work. Yeah, amen. What about you, Pastor Bev? You and Mandy shared just recently. What does that look like for you two in terms of preparing your message together? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because I was going to say, do you have a softball question for me too? <laughs> 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 yes, that's, I would agree with OJ that there is that uh, pushback that occurs at various times where I've sensed I get so far and then there's a push and then I'm reminded, okay, let's stop, let's pray. And Mandy finds that as well at times, that there's, sometimes it's, it's just due to tiredness. Other times you go, well, where, where is this coming from? Why am I seeming confused? And then it's a reminder that, yes, this is a spiritual battle. It's not just a matter of getting down and working on the text. That's part of it. But also recognizing there's this unseen thing that goes on behind the scenes that we have to be aware of. And when we do that, it makes life much easier because you realize it's not just myself or Mandy. There's another component altogether that we have to continually be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And just to comment on something Pastor Oji said, each one of our different volunteer teams spends time in prayer together That's before right. the service. Yeah. So as the people were praying over Pastor OJ this morning, the tech team and yeah. worship team was praying together. Our children's ministry team prays together. And it's, it's a vital part of making this all run together. So again, thank all of our volunteers and staff for yeah. participating in that. Very good point. Yeah. Our next question is, how can you tell the difference? And this is a bit of a more difficult question, but how can you tell the difference between an attack from the enemy and an attack from a, a friend who's hurt or wounded? And would you say that the enemy uses that attack either way, whether he's responsible for the original attack or not? Good tactic, the easy question first, now the more to <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. 
And uh, first of all, we need to be remember we don't wrestle flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said it last week, good people, mm-hmm. myself, I can end up kicking the ball the wrong direction sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, it can be the enemy's influence, can also just be the fallen human nature of humanity mm-hmm. uh, that, that we're struggling with at that moment. Mm-hmm. I think the response is similar. Mm-hmm. We. Uh, hold up the shield of faith, we rely on the word of God, and uh, we uh, re- understand that our issue is not with that brother or sister or that with mm-hmm. our wife, but that we have to work through this using the proper uh, w- methods, and that is by applying scriptural principles, mm-hmm. whether it's grace, whether it's love, whether it's forgiveness, right. whether it's an honest conversation that sometimes is wounds. Mm-hmm. See, a, a friend will wound you. If a friend is a true friend, uh, he can wound you when it's necessary. Faithful are the wounds of, the, of a friend, scripture says. So that's not the enemy. That's actually a friend doing what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. It might feel like the enemy at that moment, but, if, but we have to say thank you. Let God do that. But he'll do it in love. He'll do it in grace. He'll do it in a healing way. Yeah, yeah. And Pastor Bev, in terms of times where you've experienced the, the woundedness or the brokenness of the world, how have you tried to, to recover from that? How have you tried to give people grace and see where they're coming from instead of what was said or spoken? Do you bounce things off your wife? Do you go into isolation with prayer in your prayer closet? What does that look like in your life? Yeah, that's different each and every time. Uh, certainly I do share things with Mandy because uh, at times the burden is quite heavy. The things that um, we as pastors uh, have to go through, we need that support of our spouses. And at other times, it's to, to be quiet. I can even remember on some occasions just feeling this sense of anger as I'm, and I'm going, where does this come from? This is not from me. And to realize, hold on, there's no reason for this. It's out of the blue. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, I resist you, Satan. This is not from you, not from me. And I do not accept that. And even had that happen recently. And it was really interesting because I just said, no, I don't accept this. And then it's like, just like it faded away. And uh, then I was able to carry on with, with the sermon in preparation for next week. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Actually, I think I remember one of your quotes. It's uh, better to keep your cl- mouth closed and be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and confirm it. That's absolutely great. <laughs> just as a side note, this shield wasn't brought in for today's message. Pastor Oji actually keeps it in his office when he gets visitors from disgruntled or upset congregants and stands behind it. But I'm trying to create some levity before we go into another very difficult question. It's all good. You all talked good. about us being able to hinge our shield with other believers. Yeah. What about in terms of family members that are on a faith journey or who aren't saved? Yep. How can we protect them? How can we watch them? And then to take it to a deeper level, what if they don't want to be protected? What if they don't want to walk under that covering? Yeah, that's, those are a lot, of que- a lot of good questions in there. Um, first of all, I think that as a dad or as a husband, we have a place of spiritual authority over our family, and uh, as our mom has certain spiritual authority. So whether or not everybody in the family wants to follow Jesus or not, we have that place of uh, a spiritual authority. And uh, I think uh, we need to remember that and use that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what if they don't want that? Well, 
love, just keep loving, keep praying, and um, don't push it down their throat. Mm -hmm. But uh, keep loving, keep praying. And it is a sad reality, particularly in marriage, where sometimes uh, one, you know, judgment can be brought into a home because of the disobedience or sin of one of the marriage partners, the whole family might suffer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that is a reality. Yeah. And Pastor Rev, in terms of your, your overseeing of benevolent, what has that looked like in terms of meeting with families and meeting with spouses and kids who are needing protection from their parents or who haven't had that protection? Even in your experience with Freedom Session, how do you encourage them to love their family, whether the family wants to walk away or stay part of Christianity? Well, it's important to make the choice to love I think of a situation where a friend not long ago made a a very significant decision in a direction that I couldn't possibly agree with and did it in such a way that was very hurtful. I I talked with another pastor who had experienced something similar and uh, he made the comment, choose to love. Choose to make the purposeful effort to love even though you don't agree, you can't agree but to continue to do that over and over when, whether it's a family member, it's a friend, whoever it is, to make that choice to treat them the way you would want to be treated. And that was very helpful for me because to be honest with you, I didn't feel like treating them the way I wanted to be treated. I wanted to give them a piece of my mind and say, that was just totally unacceptable. But it was like the Holy Spirit said, that's not going to accomplish anything. It's going to be the choice to love to treat that person the way you would want to be treated. So I was very thankful for, for that information, for that advice, because at that time I was really hurting and I really wanted to, to lash out in my humanness, but I knew that wasn't what God wanted. And so I, I stepped back, I listened to the advice, uh, prayed and we're on a faith journey with this individual. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Pastor OJ, one of your quotes that stuck out to me was, uh, a casual approach can lead to casualties. At least that's what I sensed and was convicted by because a lot of times we can approach our our faith in a very familiar or uh, casual way, whereas in other countries, and this is fitting for our International Day of Prayer, they have their faith and they're being tortured for it, they're being killed for it, and you wonder, would I stand against that? And it's the tough times in our lives that really test our faith, which leads us to our next question. Now, in the context of believers, how do we support those who feel like they're in a season of their faith being uh, tested, where they feel like their faith is weak? How do we support them with our shield? How do we walk alongside of them? Mm -hmm. Well, James talks about believers walking through uh, fiery trials, actually. And the word that Greek words is translated trials there is paraspis. It means testing or temptation. Mm -hmm. And it's really a two-sided coin. A trial can turn into a temptation. So how do we support them? Well, first of all, let's not be like Job's friends and come with all of the answers and say, you caused this like they did to him. And uh, also, uh, let's not be like Job's wife who says just curse God and die. Like if God is good, why would you be going through this? But let's speak a word of faith. And and first of all, just being silently there, 
caring, supporting is, is number one, and then just encouraging them in the character of God. And, that, and then once we continue to look to the character of God, we understand that every trial has a season. Mm-hmm. For everything, there's a season. And there might be a trial at this moment. There might be difficult times, but uh, joy will come in the morning. And I right. think just reminding people of that and just being there to walk with them. Yeah. If I may add, where our experience is similar to that person's experience can be very helpful. With my involvement in the Benevolent Fund Ministry, oftentimes those who come in have a story somewhat similar to mine. Most of them have been raised in an abusive, dysfunctional, sometimes even violent family upbringing, which is similar to what I experienced. And being able to say, I understand a little bit of this because this is what's happened to me. I think often we're, we're not comfortable in sort of sharing our story, but that's very helpful when a person goes, oh, you, you understand. Or because at one point in our family life we had very little and we had to go for assistance ourselves. And what I can say to the person and have said, I've sat on your side of the table. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it changes the, uh, the conversation because I can see in their eyes, it's, you understand what it's like to be in need and to ask. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's important as well, where we can enter in and share our story and not be afraid to, because oftentimes that's a key connecting point in our interacting with others. Mm-hmm. I even think of another example is the Freedom Session triads and how triads mm-hmm. are able to reach out to each other no matter where they're at. The other brothers or sisters know what's happened in their journey. They've been very vulnerable about it. And for me, it's been a a very powerful tool to be able to reach out in a time of of hurt or isolation and say, hey, I need you guys to help carry me with my shield, to help lift my shield up. Um, Can either of you think of specific arrows in your life that have hit those vulnerable places? Like Pastor OJ, you mentioned mind will or emotions? What are some of those wounds that have taken place where you've recognized them as an attack from the enemy? Yeah, I mean, like one of the arrows that hits me really deeply is when my family gets hit, and the air, it seems the enemy tries to shoot one at me too and say, hey, look what's happening to your family. You're trusting God. You know, those kind of things. That's one that, that can be tough. Um, so, you know, the other one that is tough is where we've really tried to do our best mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the enemy just tries to shoot an arrow in mm-hmm. to discourage, you know, through people maybe not understanding. Um, yeah, so there's all kinds of different ways. Uh, I've always I've said that, hey, I think I've heard everything and seen everything by now. But this fall I had two situations uh, that, I, that broke my heart that I could not have seen coming in other people's lives, but as a pastor, we're walking with them and uh, caring, but uh, those were tough too, you know, just when somebody around us gets hit. Yeah. Yeah. And Pastor Bev, I know you've talked about your testimony before at other churches where there's been some hurt and Mm. and wounding. Can you think of any examples in your lives of those fiery darts that have hit your vulnerable spots? Well, I think of a time where uh, a fellow pastor in a church. We had known each other for quite some time. And then one day something came out. And I thought, are we not friends? Why didn't you share this with me? And it hurt deeply because I trusted deeply. 
and I realized, wow, I guess our relationship was not that deep. And that was probably one of the most hurtful experiences I've ever had. Even recently, uh, another pastor, Carl Lentz, at a Hillsong Church in New York was found to have been involved in an affair. And I was surprised how much it hurt me because it brought me back to a situation where there was, I thought, a deep level of trust and then a tremendous disappointment. And so those kind of things really still hurt as a pastor when you, you, you see someone that you've trusted and then they make a major mistake that impacts not just them, not just their marriage, but it impacts an entire congregation and beyond that as well. Yeah, yeah and I think of uh, a season I'm in in my personal life is trying to see what the intention of somebody is before assuming it was a, a personal attack. And I think there's a quote we heard a few weeks ago where we judge other people by their actions, but judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm-hmm. And we need to give that same grace and space for people where we feel attacked from before going on the offensive. Which, uh, another one of our questions that came in today is how do we train our children to look out for these attacks? What are some of the things we can teach them in terms of what attacks look like from the enemy? Pastor OJ, would you say there was a a great tool, learning resource like Right Now Media, kind of like what we went over last week, or what's some of the practical wisdom you can share for parents out there? Yeah, um, the tools are a little different now that we didn't have Right Now Media, but I think that would be a phenomenal resource. We had some of the stuff your dad talked about last week, Mm -hmm. Ventures at Odyssey and all that good Christian programming, but beyond that is having those personal conversations. Mm -hmm. And and when you hit that teachable moment Mm -hmm. where somebody's going through something, that you can you know, encourage them in uh, conversations. And then I think the other thing is walking at a level of transparency mm-hmm. where we're sharing with our family what we're going through. I realize you can't, you need wisdom in that, of course, depending on their age. But if they can see us responding in faith and see God at work, it's gonna build their faith as well. Right. And uh, let me just say this, uh, sometimes we blame the devil for everything. Some of our problems we cause ourselves, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and I think we need to accept that as well. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that we need to take personal responsibility for the mess we made, mm-hmm. and not just blame the devil. Yeah. We need to accept our responsibility as right. well. And when we do that in front of our family and apologize, mm-hmm. we'll take the low road. It can it can also become a teachable moment. We can mm-hmm. teach from our mistakes as well right. as we can teach from our victories. Right. Yeah. Pastor Rev, in terms of Freedom Session, OJ referenced the, the low road. How many times have you seen testimonies where somebody, even though they felt like they were the ones who were wronged, decided to be humble and take the low road and how that's led to, to reconciliation in their lives? Well, may I can just share very briefly, in Freedom Session, part of it is that you go to people who you trust and ask them to point out uh, your character weaknesses. And so this might be answering the question a bit differently, but that's what came to mind. And so I handed it to Mandy and our, our three children, and uh, I gave it with much trepidation. And in Freedom Session, they coach you that when you receive it back, you only say thank you. You don't look at the results right away, because otherwise you might get pretty upset. <laughs> and so um, I gave that to each of them, and it all, they all came back with one of the same things, and it was sarcasm. Mm. And I used to really enjoy being sarcastic. I was witty, I was proud of it. And every one of them said, Dad, this is really not great. Mm. And so it was quite humbling to have to go back to them um, after I calmed down 
and not in a sarcastic tone say, I wish to apologize <laughs> for being sarcastic, even though I had enjoyed it. And uh, the good thing is that I don't seem to be sarcastic anymore. I might be witty, but I'm careful not to be sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. And so I have since handed them out again just to make sure the slate was clean. And actually they said, Dad, it's hard to find too much anymore compared to when we first started. Just so, a little bit now, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> so just a, a plug for Freedom Session. And it's yeah. very humbling, but it's, it's yeah. great to go to your kids and say, um, and that was part of my journey, are there things that I have done that have hurt you? And uh, that wasn't easy to do, but it was tremendously uh, refreshing for them to be able to say, well, Dad, you've done this or you've done that. Sometimes it was perception, sometimes it was reality. And by um, what one said, son said, uh, it's okay, Dad. And I said, no, it's not. Can you forgive me? Mm. And he said, yes, I can forgive you. Mm -hmm. And that was tremendously freeing for him and me to be able to be open. And so we have that relationship with our children that they can come and let me know if they feel I'm off course in some way. Mm. I think that's a great note to end on. You had gone out of your way to take care of your shield by seeking out the opinions of those who are close to you. Mm -hmm. And they had done their part to help link shields with you by being honest with you and encouraging with you in a way that was a, a healthy wound. So it really shows us that we were meant for community. We were made for yeah. community, that we can't stand with our shields alone. We need to be in link with each other. So I want to thank all of you for participating today, for joining us, for sending our questions in. We'll be continuing with Pastor Bev's message next week, which is entitled, Don't Lose Your Head. It might have to do with the helmet of salvation. I'm not sure. But for those of you who joined us online, thanks for sending in your questions. I'm going to close in prayer. And after I finish praying, just turn your attention to the screen to, to end the day. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that like we saw at the beginning of the service, that today is the International Day of Prayer. And that as much as it can feel like we're being restricted here or muzzled or confined, we still have no idea what it's like for Christians in other countries who are being tortured and beaten and imprisoned and killed for their faith. I thank you that we're able to take up that shield of faith, not only for ourselves, but for those around us, Father, that we wouldn't take it up in a casual, simplistic way, but we take it up firmly and righteously, Father God. We thank you that we're taking care of that shield daily. We're in the word. We're listening to your spirit's voice, Father. We thank you that we accept your voice and those around us, Father God, as they're encouraging and uh, edifying and affirming the values in our life and who you've made us to be, Father. We thank you that we're humble in all things we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.